Welcome to The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, Foundry family. I want to thank you for your viewership and listenership. You have helped this podcast become what it is today. Without you, there is no podcast. This is the second of two highlight episodes consisting of the best moments of the first 127 episodes. We will resume our regularly scheduled programming on Monday. Enjoy. Catch you on the flip side. Life and business is all about relationships, no matter what, no matter what technology you have. If you don't connect with the people, if you're not being authentic, if you're not being real you, it's impossible. Nobody is going to give you any money. Nobody is going to invest with you, no matter what, how good that deal is. Because people invest in me, not because of the deal. Because they know if, if, I'm, if they trust me, I'm going to stand by them no matter what, whether the deal is going south or if we're having challenges. What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of mom or dad? What kind of spouse? What kind of leader? In any role that you play, what kind of me would I love to be? And then you start acting like that version of you now. And by you being a, let's say, a miniature version of that more successful version of you, then you start acting a certain way and those actions lead to certain results. But all action stems from who you're being, how you choose to show up in the world. And so going back to time, if you're coming from that space of I'll be happy when, this is the really quick and simple process to prove to you that never works. There are millionaires and billionaires on the planet who have every single thing that you believe you need to be happy and they're not. And yet there are people who have practically nothing and they are happy. And then there's millionaires and billionaires who are really happy. And then there's people who have practically nothing that are miserable. So what does that tell you? It's got nothing to do with the stuff. It's got nothing to do with what you have. It, I mean, to a certain degree, yeah, there's a practical sense of it. You know, when you have to make a major decision and what he, when he had to make a major decision, he said, listen, I'm going to apply the 40-70 principle. And what that means is I need a minimum of 40% of the information in order to make a decision. And I don't want any more than 70% of the information in order to make a decision because less than 40, you don't have enough to make an informed decision. More than 70, there's a high probability that you are going to be in the analysis paralysis because then you're gonna to start to look for perfection. And once you start to look for perfection, you make no decision typically. And so whenever I find myself needing to make a really important, relevant decision, and I feel like I'm not moving fast enough, I think about that principle, I think about where I am, and then you have to make the decision because you need the feedback to know if it was the right decision or not. So connect with them, educate, and inspire them to take action. So this is a big loop. This keeps going in circles. So you do, you do this all over again. And if they don't invest, go back to them. If they invest, ask them for referrals. So just make sure you know, I'm doing this all the time and all the time. So all these things comes down to a couple of things which I need to do it right all the time. I need to be a great communicator. And when it comes to being excellent in communication, I need to be an assertive communicator. I, need, I should not be an aggressive communicator or I should not be a passive communicator. So the communication skills play a very crucial role. And I need to be confident about what I'm educating them. If I want to be confident, I need to know what is going on. So, and I need to, so this is what I would do. So connect with them, educate them and inspire them. 
team is the most critical element. And that is every member of the team from from your brokers, whether they are real estate or commercial real estate, their insurance, uh, whether you have the right lender, you have the right legal team, you have an SEC team, like the team is the most critical part in, in long distance investing. And then afterwards, then you should be looking at what is the specific opportunity that you're looking at? Because that's the only that's when it makes sense, because, you know, whatever your personal goal is and why you want it You're in the highest probability location to let you get that benefit You've built your team. And so then afterwards, whatever the asset that you're going to put in your portfolio, that could be a huge 300 unit apartment building. That could be a piece of energy equipment like I'm doing today to help high wage earners. It could be whatever it is, but those are the steps that really need to be aligned so that when you actually make that investment, that you're giving yourself the highest probability to achieve the outcome and the benefit that you set out for in the very if you're going to hold yourself to the highest standard, don't half-ass it. Do it the whole way through. And this is what I mean. If you're going to hold yourself to the high standard of like a David Goggins in terms of your physical performance and your output, also hold yourself to that level of self-compassion, self-forgiveness, and self-love. And so the way I shared it with him was if you're going to be Goggins on one side, be the Dalai Lama, Jesus, Buddha on the other side. The the thing is, as long as you get an A, that's the that's the thing that's important. So you go out, you get a grade, you get an A and you study and, and then that translates into a lot of other facets of your life. So it started with education and, and saying you have to get things right rather than have to learn, because there were many times that, and I look back on it now that I don't necessarily know if I learned, but I got really good grades. And so then you start to realize like the real world is not like that. You really start to understand based on the things that you don't know. The population growth, the per capita income and the housing market and the job market, the employer mix and the crime rate. So these top five, no matter which location, where we buy the property, but these five are crucial to buying a property. These five, I'd say I could, I could call it as a, a five principles. That is number five principles. Number one is all this. Number two is having a great team. I need, I always look for the back record of the team. What kind of people are these? Whether I trust them or don't trust them. That is number two. Number three is team alone. Can they take on the property or not? Or they put, do they have the potential to take on the property or not? Number four is who's going to close in on the property from the time you get it, get the LOI accepted to close. Number five, which is extremely critical, is how are you going to manage the property? Because everyone wants great returns on their investment. It is not just me. So that is also extremely crucial because how you maintain that asset after you buy. So detachment is not that you own nothing. It's that nothing owns you. Meaning it's not, you got to live in some cave somewhere and be a monk and you can't have anything. It's that do those possessions own you? If you were to lose that car that you want, that you worked so hard for that you thought would make you happy. Did you lose like a part of yourself? Are you no longer the cool guy? Are you no longer the, uh, like I made it, I'm successful because I don't live in that house anymore. I don't have that, like, that ring anymore. I don't have the watch. At that point, the possession owns you. You are now possessed by the possession. And so it's really the attachment that becomes the problem. And so what would happen if you could slow down and recognize that, like you said, with your kind of uh, exercise that you do, hey, I bought this thing X amount of months or weeks or years ago. And I thought this would make me really happy. And maybe it did for a period of time, yes. but it's not anymore. How this whole syndication model works is basically a group of people get together, four to five people. We go buy a property and get the debt secured and then go meet the 
investors, passive investors who want to buy, who want to invest in properties, but they're too busy or they don't know what it is. So they get a share of the property without any headaches and they get all the benefits. To put it in simple terms, if you want to fly from, let's say, Austin to New York, you get on a plane. When you're buying a ticket to get on a plane, that is a limited partner who gets on a plane, who sits back, and the pilot, the co-pilot, the flight attendants, they're all the general partners. That is a managing team. Their job is only to make sure you get the excellent service, you get the best views, and you get to enjoy all the benefits as a passenger. That is a limited partner. So we are the syndication team, and that is how things work. 